all the ACC, all the sports, football, basketball, well, you name it. Um, but without further ado, let me just let him introduce his own self. So with that being said, Pat, go ahead and let the viewers know who you are. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, good to be here. Um, out in Rocky Mount. Figured I had to stop by the studio. I was doing a story with Shining Battles from here, NC State. So we got a feature coming out on WRAL in the next couple of days. But yeah, been here two years. Covered UNC, Duke, NC State, Old Carolina Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, been an incredible couple of years. I, mean, I got to be here for uh, <laughs> Coach K's final season. That was my first year on the beat. And then I get the Carolina Hurricanes going to the Eastern Conference final and uh, Panthers drafting Bryce Young. But that's kind of the way my career has gone. I go places, people tend to win, and uh, <laughs> I'll oh, take it. Tend to win, right? I don't have anything to do with it, but it tends to go that way, so uh, I'm not complaining. So for me, um, Bryce Young was the right pick. Him and CJ Stroud. I'm giving you raw thoughts early, since you said that. Well, I don't want to give a hot take too early, but yeah, let's throw some raw thoughts out there. <laughs> you seen this party with all these celebrities and yeah. all white on all top white, of a, yeah. like a Malibu beach house, Michael Rubin, Fanatic CEO? Yeah. CJ Stroud was there. Guess who was running routes with his teammates? <laughs> Bryce Young. Young. So he said, no party. We, we got work to do. I bet he was invited. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's in a different agency and CJ Stroud. I don't know. I'm sure he was invited. If you're going to invite the number two pick, you're going to invite the number one, one pick. right? So Bryce Young, smart move. You don't need to be there yet. Tom Brady, he could be there. <laughs> Bryce Young, you got work to do yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're on this episode, man, it's an honor to have you. On the show live and direct on Raw Mind Sports. And we're going to start a little bit, man, on ACC. We know you cover ACC football, sure. basketball, things like that. But we're going to start with one of the hottest things that's been going on during the offseason, what people have been saying. We have a quarterback in North Carolina that people talk a lot about. Not that quarterback that just played at Wake Forest, but the quarterback is back. His name is Drake May. Do you see Drake May as a pick, as a top 10 pick? Preseason QB in college football. 100%. And I remember this time last year, I have to admit, watching in camp, I wasn't 100% sold. There's something about Drake May's game that just, he's a gamer, so to speak. There's certain guys that when they get in the game, the lights go on, you see it. In practice, especially at the quarterback position, it's hard to fully tell because Drake doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, right? He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's got it whatever it is and he always seems to make the right throw and very clearly early on in the season you're like okay this dude's pretty special then the app state game comes and you're like okay this guy's really special and they keep pulling out all these close games one after another after another and it takes a while for the draft nfl draft twitter to kind of catch on to how good a quarterback is you know we kind of get married to these takes and until a draft expert tells us that a guy is a guy we're not necessarily willing to admit that he is. And I remember one point tweeting, I'm like, I think Drake May is a Heisman candidate and is going to be a top 10 quarterback next year. And then all of a sudden that train, not saying I started it alone because people that were close to it saw it, but nationally that train picked up, kept picking up, picking up, especially as Carolina kept winning. Next thing you know, they're in the Heisman race. Now they end the season with, you know what, like three losses. Uh, They lose to Clemson. They lose to NC State. Um, they, they lose the bowl game. So things didn't go their way to close. But absolutely, heading into the season, it's Caleb Williams out of USC. It is Drake May um, out of UNC. 
Williams has maybe better physical traits. I mean, he's the faster player. He's more electric. Um, but Drake May definitely profiles as an NFL quarterback. But again, it's 50-50 with all these guys coming out. You never really know until they're in an NFL roster. But I love everything I see about him. And everybody that's around Chapel Hill couldn't tell you a bad thing about him. So with that being said, and you're saying that he's like, we're just going to say he's that guy. Chapel Hill loves him. As the season goes along, I don't know if they're a top 10 team mm. in college football preseason-wise. Do you see the Carolina Tar Heels with their leader, Drake May, in the top 10 of college football middle of the season? Well, that's the mistake we made two years ago with the hype around Sam Howe's team, right, where he's coming off a great season, Orange Bowl, preseason, projected to be a first-round pick, and that season – I don't know if we can swear on this podcast. I will not, but yeah, it went absolutely down the drain. <laughs> so that season did not go well. And Sam Howell goes in the fifth round. Now, I think that was an overcorrection. He's going to start this year for Washington. I still believe he can be a successful NFL starter. I think Drake May has a higher ceiling, right? He's taller. He seems to be a better decision maker, gets rid of the ball quicker. But it's just a lesson learned, right? It's a cautionary tale right, right. of how things can change. So when you look at UNC, yes, Drake May is that guy. But is the team around him also on that caliber? Because you got to remember, Alabama was on his tails. He was being asked if he was going to leave, which felt unprecedented, right? Like you were a Heisman candidate on a team in your home state where your father played at the school, your brothers played at the school. Why would you transfer? But that was the legitimate talk because that's the yeah. NIL world we live in now where if you leave, you can get paid more. And I think a lot of that was – was uh and I talked to Drake May's parents at in San Diego before he played in the bowl game. They're like, a lot of this stuff is news to us too. So whether that's just them talking because that's what they wanted to say on the record, or it's truth or not, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. But a lot of it was speculation from the outside of what was really happening there. So again, the point speaks to like people expected him to leave so he could go somewhere else to win. Right. So can he win here? That's the big question. Um, it all starts with the defense. That defense was a sieve last year. Gene Chizik was brought in to fix it. It didn't happen. <laughs> the whole secondary transferred. Basically, everybody left. It's like, you guys are leaving because you're the problem. <laughs> so maybe that was a good thing. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, they brought in a new coordinator on the offense. You know, they're going to focus on the run game, try to get more physical. Because that's the thing. Like, you know, Drake could – get in a shootout, but when it comes to running out the clock, four-minute offense, Carolina couldn't put people away. So you know, they know what their problems are. They've tried to address them. Um, we'll find out uh, in September if it's really fixed. Oh, no problem. I, I definitely feel like we want to figure out what's going on, solution-driven, the problem that needs to be fixed. And by the way, this show is sponsored by Essential Collections. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz, handmade products. You know, she got cream. She got body products. She has bathing products. Packages for babies, packages for grown-ups, packages for your loved ones, packages for you mm. too, Pat. You never know what you get. Use the promo code RAWMIND, use promo code RAWMIND, you get a 15% discount. Essential Collections by Monica Reese on Facebook, Instagram, and her website is essential.square.site. So with that being said, we seen, I call it the miracle year, but not so miracle. Mm -hmm. Wait for us. Wake Forest baseball team went to um, Omaha. I want to say, well, not Omaha. Um, 
Hawaii. I want to say Hawaii. I said it wrong. But the College World Series? Correct, correct. Right. Correct. You're right. Omaha, yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they went there, played well. Football team was playing well all last year. And then I guess the bus stopped. So do we see another great year from Wake Forest? Or do we see Wake Forest just going back into the sunset? Roll thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you're losing Sam Hartman, who was the master of that slow mesh offense that Dave Clawson runs out there. The thing with Wake Forest is there's a ceiling, right? Like, eventually, talent matters. And the depth of, you know, four- and five-star recruits you have is going to show itself eventually. What happens with Wake Forest, at least the last couple years, is they have a soft schedule to start the year. Their record maybe gets a little inflated. Maybe they win a couple close games, especially when you have a good quarterback like Sam Hartman. And then by the end of the year, they're kind of exposed for what they are, which is a good team, but not a great team. You know, people talk about their position may be in the college football playoff a couple of years ago, just record-wise. But, you know, some, like I'm a Notre Dame fan. Sometimes, do you really want that smoke? You know, like <laughs> you say you want to be in the college football playoff, but then you get there like a Notre Dame, and they're like the sacrificial lamb where they're the ones that have to play the Alabama and the Clemson and get absolutely eviscerated you know, by the cream of the crop. So it's not the worst thing in the world to be a two-loss, a three-loss team, go to a good bowl game, win the bowl game. Not everybody can be in the college football playoff. You know, right. there's a there's a clear drop-off point in college football. Now, we've seen some different teams get in the playoff, and that's a good thing. We've seen Georgia match um, Alabama. So there is a little bit of a, a cyclical nature to it at the top. But a team like Wake Forest, given their resources – a private school and the ACC is just not, it's just not going to be, they might have a one-off year where they could get in the playoff. And we saw, like we saw that they were on the cusp, right? But you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but I think it's, you know, you're going to see more of the same with it's exciting offense, uh, but limitation with, with the kind of athletes they have physically and the defense they can kind of play at least against elite competition. Yeah. For me, I, I think like Wake Forest is in a situation with like recruitment. I mean, it's, they in a, they in North Carolina, you're going to compete football wise with NC state, Carolina, I mean, Duke had a somewhat good season for what Duke does in, in football, you know, so it, it's going to always be tough. You know, you still got ECU that's around the corner from here. I'm just naming it oh, Appalachia State, you know, so I don't know if football is on their minds. I don't know if kids or recruits are looking to say, hey, Wake Forest is that spot. And I think in Tobacco Road, although Tobacco Road might be called for, you know, football, I mean, basketball, it still hits differently. Um, I would love to see them be good. I would love to see them be in competition. But with everything going on, even the NILs now, I think it's going to be interesting. Anything you want to go? Any more remarks? For yeah, I mean, just you think about last year, you're talking about all those schools. I mean, there was that moment there early on where Wake Forest was in the mix. App, App State was good. ECU was competitive. And it was, it was a great year for the state. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the world we live in now, I mean, it's all about college football resources. And even like a school at Wake Forest, if they get a player to pop, that transfer portal comes calling. Woo. So unless you've got a, a fan base and, and the kind of resources to, to throw into your collective, you're not going to be able to keep guys. And that's going to be a challenge for a school like Wake Forest with a, you know, a smaller alumni base. Now we're going to go to the next topic. I heard you throw something out as a fan of Notre Dame. So Notre Dame being independent. You know, Notre Dame comes in as an independent. You know, they can kind of roam and have fun in whatever house or room they want to go into and beat up on and leave out with nothing to behold them. Um, 
How do you feel about the independence of Notre Dame? Look, like if you had the freedom to work whenever you wanted, date whoever you wanted, travel <laughs> however you wanted, and there was no consequences, <laughs> wouldn't you probably sign up for that? <laughs> and that's kind of the deal that Notre Dame has where they're the bell of the ball. You know, you can say what you want about the results. They haven't won a national title since 1988. But outside of, you know, a short list of programs in college football, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, I'm probably leaving out somebody. But basically Notre Dame's that the next tier of success in the last decade. So just to throw them some flowers for what they've done. Because there's a lot of Notre Dame haters out there. Like I said, <laughs> they're the team that gets in the playoff and then gets smoked. But what they've done historically is they book a national schedule which gives them recruiting exposure across the country because they're not in a conference. So they go to California. They play somewhere in the South. They go somewhere in the Northeast. And they used to have ties to the Big Ten schedule-wise where they play Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue every year. And that now is switched to the ACC as their basketball teams in the ACC and their other uh, Olympic-type sports. So they've got a sweet deal. You know, they've got their own contract for TV. They don't have an incentive to join a conference until – the college football playoff makes a situation where you have to be conference champ to get in. But even then, there's going to be at-large bids, and that's where Notre Dame has been. That's why they made all these college football playoffs is because you put these couple conference champs in, and then there's just who's the next best one-loss team, and that's been Notre Dame a lot of times. So you're not going to make the change until you need to. Why? You know, that's the thing. People don't change unless they have to. So, yeah, right. unless all of a sudden that independent lifestyle is – you know, like you said, like you're living this independent life, so all of a sudden your woman says, what are you doing? You can't do this. Like, that's when you make a change, and that's Notre Dame. That's where they're at. So until they need to, they, they won't. But they could be the lifeboat for somebody like the ACC who's basically held together by the duct tape of the grant of rights, right? Like, everybody wants to leave the ACC. Right. But they can't because they're like, wait, it's like signing up for iTunes, you know, people always make the joke, like, you just click the iTunes agreement, yeah. and then there's, like, there's like a Black Mirror episode, like, what did I agree to? Like, I just gave <laughs> up my firstborn son to the iTunes agreement, you didn't read it. Like, that was the grant of rights, like, nobody yeah. could get out of this contract till like, 2034. Uh, and so, you know, it's good for the ACC to stay together, but as soon as anybody can and will, they will bolt. And Notre Dame's the kind of revenue and brand that could help keep it alive if they were to join the conference. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, do you feel that um, Brian Kelly leaving, we know it's business. We know it's a time. Like you said, things change. Did that hinder Notre Dame? Or you feel like this coach right here was already strapped and ready to take them to the next level? Well, as we saw last year, there were some growing pains under Freeman. I mean, I'll tell you what, he's a handsome dude. Looks good on the sidelines. I will give him that. I mean, I've been working out. It takes a lot to pop on screen like that guy does. Uh, so he's got that going for him. But, you know, he lost his, already lost his offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese. Um, you know, the team showed some – you know, one thing about Barton Kelly is he would never lose to inferior opponents. He'd lose to Georgia. He'd get smoked by Alabama in the playoff for Clemson, but he'd beat the teams he needed to be on the record. We saw last, last year with Notre Dame. It was a rocky start. They come to Chapel Hill, all of a sudden they get things right. Uh, they were good when they could be physical. So, I mean, I'm not saying I don't believe. This guy was a first-year head coach. But that's kind of the, the fallacy or the fool's errand with a lot of fan bases is everybody wants 
you know, don't be happier than happy, right? Like Notre Dame was in the college football playoff twice. They were in a national championship game under under Brian Kelly. Like, just because you're not winning those games doesn't mean that you can do any better. Like, it's a hard sport. It's a sport where only one team gets happy. It's a sport with 128 teams <laughs> and only one champion. It's not 30 like pro sports, you know? It's an unfair ratio. So you got to keep things in perspective, and I, that's what I would try to remind Notre Dame fans of because I grew up where they were 7-6, and six, you know, under these previous coaches. Brian Kelly is the first time that really made them respectable since Lou Holtz. So Whew. on that same note, I think you may hate him, for the fake accent when he gets to LSU and the way he treats people, it doesn't seem like a nice guy. <laughs> but he wins, and I think he's going to win at LSU. And I think that's what it is. I think we a lot of people have gotten away from the – it's okay to have the charisma, but if you don't have the charisma with the results, then you're not going to stay yeah. coaching long. In that world, like high school, college football professionals, it's either you win or you're gone. Unless you do something absolutely crazy or outrageous where, like, you know, you're doing something that's illegal, then you'll – I mean, of course, those situations have its own tendencies to happen. But when you're trying to win games, your job as a college coach is absolutely to win games. Of course, you're going to be role model to kids, but – the first job, the first priority is can you win us football games? Now we're going to get the other stuff situated squared away. That's why Brian Kelly, yeah, a lot of people probably didn't like him, but that's what he was about. That's what I got from him. Mm-hmm. He was a no-nonsense coach with a little swagger, and it may come off. It's not the swagger that's loud and boisterous. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm Brian Kelly. But, hey, we're here. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's an authoritarian, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's what works in college football. You gotta, you've got to get a program of – young men with how many guys you got on like 90 guys on right. a team you know that takes a lot now that's where like kind of the egomania the megalomania the control freak nature of it comes from and that's why we don't see that work in the nfl because those guys are men they are professional they know they got to get their paycheck right they're running things a little bit differently they're not living in dorm rooms and, and right you know what i mean like and riding their scooter around campus trying to chase girls it's a different <laughs> world in the nfl as we've seen with matt rule didn't quite translate right right Panthers. we'll see what we do with wisconsin but we know we will hear yeah. do in the pros exactly yeah. <laughs> nebraska he's establishing his excuse yeah nebraska i'm sorry sorry it's another red and white school but yeah yeah um <laughs> i'm sure it'll work in nebraska to a certain extent um but yeah that kind of authoritarian works in college but like to your point if you're not from the alumni of the school base or have some tie to the school and you treat people poorly they will excommunicate <laughs> you the first chance they get so yeah brian kelly Everyone smiles. Everyone deals with how you know obtuse and rough around the edges he is when you're winning. When as soon as you lose, out the door for sure. Right. So look, we got um two teams that are going to transfer to the SEC. One thing I can say is, who this is going to be interesting for me. You know, they're talking about UCLA and USC coming to the Big Ten. To the Big Ten, got it wrong. Got it wrong. Texas, Oklahoma to, to the, the SEC. The SEC. Right. 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 So. Those, like, let's start with Texas and USC. Those guys coming to the SEC, it's going to be quite intriguing. What I'm going to say is the NILs, the money, these two schools can pour in into the SEC, even though we have big, bad Alabama over there. But you still got these schools who probably can really, really recruit so well, and they're in amazing environments, you know, from that standpoint. But how do you feel? Do you see Alabama, I don't know how long Nate Staven has, do you see them still being dominant? Against teams like mm-hmm. Texas coming in, even though Texas and them haven't really proved to win anything, but USC, 
looks like Lincoln Riley has them going, you know, and and um, I just want to know, like, USC is in the Big Ten. I think they're going to Big Ten. Right. But Oklahoma coming to the SEC and Texas. The, the property value is going up in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. Like, the, the neighbors are getting, you know, you're not just the king of the neighborhood anymore. So, yeah, it's 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 competition, and that's what Nick Saban welcomes. I mean, the guy is the greatest base college football coach ever, essentially, at this point. Um, and I'm sure he relishes the opportunity to to prove himself yet again. It's funny, like people. I've heard someone say the dynasty's over. George, well, Georgia's got people coming for them now. You know, there's been some <laughs> things exposing their program, the way it's run. Um, you know, off-field incidents and things of that nature. Right. You know, it's hard to. I mean, it's such a competitive sport that you do have to kind of turn a blind eye on some character issues. It's hard to be a moralist and win college football. It's just a sad truth. And Kirby Smart's now dealing with the the other side of that coin. But I think kind of what we're going to see and what we are seeing, right, is it's like the NFLification of college football, where it's trying to move towards two super conferences, which is going to in an expanded college football playoff. So what you're basically getting is almost an NFL format where – Gone are going to be the days of a loss ruining your season, especially right. if you play in the SEC or the Big Ten. Where all of a sudden eight and four, but you lost to Georgia and Texas, Alabama and LSU. You still get maybe getting in the college football playoff if right. you beat if you still because you still got you know some feathers in the cap if you beat some of these other teams because that's how tough the schedules right. are going right. to be. So I think that's kind of what we're moving towards. Um, and it's going to be interesting just to see what that does for the rest of the conferences. Um, because, like I said, the ACC is getting held together by an iTunes agreement. Um, <laughs> the Pac-12 is, is trying to keep pace. And the NCAA wants really nothing to do with regulating any of this. The college football playoff isn't even an NCAA entity. It's an entirely separate thing. Like, in the college basketball at least, like the NCAA, the college NCAA basketball tournament is run by the NCAA. They get right, right, right. they get money, revenue from that. College football playoff is like a television product in partnership with ESPN. So, you know, Mac Brown's super open at UNC about what he wants to see, and I think a lot of other people are too, is like eventually we're going to get some sort of commissioner of college football. And whether that is just two separate separate super conferences and everybody else, I don't know. I That's, you know, it's easy to get nostalgic but we all eventually adjust to the change, you know. Like, I mean, I grew up. I'm from the Northeast. I grew up watching Big East basketball. I went to Providence College and love getting to see, you know, all these teams come through my conference. It's no more. The Big East is just like a Catholic school alliance now. It's yeah. cool. It's Marquette. Right, it's right. Providence. Um, you know, it's Villanova. It still works, but it's not the same. Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, I think that's where we're. Gonna, and then the kids that are going to be born into it. They're not going to know any different. They're going to be like, this is awesome. We get to see a good college. You know, that's like as nostalgic as we get about what we have. We also have to be honest about the downsides of what we have, which is a lot of bad football games. <laughs> a lot of blowouts. So, I always wanted, like, the regulation of it. I mean, you know, yeah. That's the hard part, like, regulating all those games and trying to figure rankings. And I think that's why you get to figure out, like, who's really good, who's mm-hmm. not, stuff like that. Exactly, right, because you're seeing blowouts week to week, and it's hard to know. But if you're seeing what some of these schedules are going to look like, and, you know, yeah, the records aren't going to be as pretty on paper. It's nice to, like, see your teams 9-1 and one or 9-0. and oh. 8-7-3 eight, eight and and doesn't look as good. But if you're getting to watch 
great games every week. I mean, geez, how good was Tennessee, Alabama last year? You know, even Alabama, Texas, because right. Texas is pl- as a home and home right now with, with Alabama. They're going to play them again this year. Those are some great games, right. and it's good for college football to have more of that because there is a lot of for every Alabama Tennessee game. There's you know Alabama Troy, you know that isn't exactly living up to the hype. <laughs> Just a game, I guess, to get those schools something. I guess the schools will because we, I mean, raw thoughts. We feel like if Troy comes in and beats Alabama, Alabama. That's gonna be the talk of the the week on all all podcasts and radio. Oh sure, yeah. Every once in a while, you know, David does slay Goliath, um, yeah, yeah. and I think I can't remember if it was Troy actually gave them a game the last couple of years. Like, so it it happens. Um, but you know, the exception is not the rule, and the rule <laughs> is that we have a lot of blowouts in college football. Like you see, like minus thirty five Georgia, you just like lay it. You know what I mean? Like, just take it. Like, they're going to do it. Like, they can't even account for, like, how much some of these, these games are blowouts with just the amount of five stars that are at these schools. Because, like, NIL isn't necessarily leveling the playing field. It isn't a certain thing because, like, you can't pay everybody. So, like, Kentucky's like, hey, Georgia, if Georgia can't pay you, come over here. We are collective. We'll right, get there. There's right, a lot right. of dudes transferring into Kentucky, if you haven't noticed. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know why. We know with that being said, essential collections by Monica Ritz, essential collections by Monica Ritz, handmade products, homegrown herself by her own bare hands. You know, use promo code RAWMIND, use promo code RAWMIND, you get a 15% discount on all handmade products. Visit her website, www.essentialcollections.square.site. Again, www.essentialcollections.square.site. Now, we're talking about regulating. NIL! Hmm. NIL has, like, changed so much of the game. And when I say the game, like, the recruiting process, we've seen some coaches even say, we don't like it. Some coaches have been dominant, have said, we don't like it. You know, so now these teams and all these transfers and all these schools, probably a few schools going to different conferences, college football conferences, do you see them even getting advantage or taking advantage of NIL, taking away players from dominant teams? I think the problem with it is it's like the shiny new toy phenomenon. Like, we love the unknown. Like, we prefer to draft, you know, Scoot Henderson, for example, who's never played a college basketball game over Brandon Miller because of the unknown is the sexy, right? And there's always, like, there's the problem with NIL is, like, the incentive is to leave. Like, the school, I I throw Kentucky out there, like, like, if you have a good year, it's in your best interest to transfer because there's going to be more money for you elsewhere because there's these other schools that are like, it's like free agency, right? Like, it's just how it works. Right, like, they're right. going to pay you to come in. And it's funny, like, the idea of NIL was just like a simple, almost just like American right. Like, you have a, a capitalist society, a right to make a living. Like, why should you be li- limited by that? But it quickly went from just like, oh, like, you can run a camp and get paid or do an Instagram ad and get paid or get paid for your image and likeness in a video game to like collectives forming where it's basically like you transfer into a school and they're basically giving you a bundle of advertisements and appearances that you're going to do. And it's basically a salary. Like it went from like, okay, you get paid to do commercials to like full fledged what it wasn't supposed to be, which is pay for play. Right. Right. So like, they're like the guys on it is like, Oh, you're getting paid for, appearances and, and and like you know charity events and different things but it's really a salary right, right. And it can even be broken down to like how much you're getting per semester or per year 
Um, and, you know, you hear numbers about of guys transferring, you know, they're getting 400000 And then you also see these, like, valuations in the millions, like guys who played high school quarterbacks. They're, like, they're going to get NIL deals for, like, more money than you're going to make in the NFL. <laughs> That's not sustainable. <laughs> it's like that we were talking before on air about, like, the streaming wars and how all of a sudden now, like, ESPN's right. laying everybody off. And, like, it's because what they were doing wasn't sustainable. You can't run a infinite Disney catalog of content and give it to people for $4.99 a month. Oh, and give them ESPN streaming and Hulu. Four ninety nine. Right. <laughs> sure, sign yeah, me up. Sign where, up right? where do I sign up? Yeah. yeah. You realize you go in debt, and then you're like, "Oh, wait a minute, we in the negatives." Now, how do we? How do we even get back to even? So eventually, everything comes to roost, and I think that's going to happen with NIL. We're like, you can't be paying high school quarterbacks millions of dollars because there's not a. How many guys transfer into a school or play at a school, and then you find out they can't play? Right. It happens every year, five stars even, especially at the quarterback position. So, you know, we're going to see it kind of equalize a little bit over time. It takes a little bit. It takes a few years, but, but it's going to happen. On, I think it will be more restrictions on high school NIL because they're already underage. So alcohol is a no-go. Mm -hmm. We already know that. But, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how do you oof, handling a child at that age? A lot of people say it's easy. It can be done. I bet because money involved. It's going to get done. Right. It's money involved. But – I'm saying, like, from an age point, like, hey, look, how do we regulate this? How do we regulate that? Because certain age restrictions on things, and I don't know what, we'll be surprised what may come out can be an endorsement for a child, or you may say this, or may, you know, who, who knows? I, I don't, then you have to deal with the parents. Right. The parents at age, the age they are, the parents can sign, co-sign a lot. That's a whole nother issue. It's not like they can sign for themselves. They make like in college, you can say, I want to do this and get your parents' advice or whatever, but you can probably sign for yourself. High school, you don't know where it might be. But You can't put the genie back in the bottle. I mean, it's not going away. I think it might get work itself out, hopefully a little bit better over time. I mean the thing is is like we just know about it all now. Like before a lot of these things were happening, whether it was like cloaked under shoe deals or you know a car dealer you know giving a kid a car behind the scene you know different various things i mean we go back to what was it the terrell Pryor got in trouble for tattoos at ohio state i mean these things were kind of silly right like the right. ruin kids lives over getting exposed for like little things like that so it needed to happen it's just we got it all at the same time right. we got transfer portal <laughs> we got nil and it was just like here you want it Here's all of it. Figure it out. <laughs> and it's, but we're working through it. We're still playing games. It's fun to talk about. You know, we love in the NBA, we love free agency this time of year more than the regular season. And now we have that in college sports. So it's fun. It's a mess and a headache for people like us to have to like sift through this and like, but it also leads to some cool opportunities. You know, we're like, you can, like, I remember during like college basketball season, I got to go have, eat the Armando Baycott burger with Armando Baycott. That was really cool. Like, that's something that probably doesn't happen before before NIL, right. you know? And, and Baycott had a really cool way of approaching NIL. Now, people or critics of UNC should say, well, how well did that play out for their team this year? Uh, Which would be a fair point. You know, <laughs> there is something to it where, like, you got some players on the roster, like, as well as Baycott tried to handle it. It's 
it's just human nature. You know, people are going to look at what somebody else has. And, I mean, you know, on the same coin, you look at how Drake May's handling it at UNC and the way Sam Howell did before him, like, where, like, he's getting a deal, and but he's being like, no, I'm, a, I'm only going to do this if you include the whole offensive line. You know, like, I saw he went to, like, a spa with, like, all of his other teammates the other day. You know, like, And that's – it's smart. Drake's a smart guy. Like, he understands the totality of this, especially at the position. So if you're a leader on a team, yeah, get yours – but understand that if you do that, it comes at the expense of others and how the team is going to coalesce. So there's there's a lot to juggle, and it's a lot to ask of, of young people. And Drake may smart, too. He need those boys protecting him. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see him get yeah. all the gold, and he's sitting there. He's getting all the lights and the glamour and the glitz, and they don't want to keep those D-tackles, D-ends, and linebackers off of him. That's right. You, know, yeah, you want to know how, what kind of guy your quarterback is? That's the offensive lineman. They don't do interviews a lot, but they'll tell you straight. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna call this. I'm kind of, um, no, we we kind of pressed on time. We're short for time. Um, I call this a raw thought minute. Raw thought minute means you can talk about any sports topic or whatever topic you want to have. I usually say a minute. It usually goes over a minute. But this is a topic we never discuss behind the scenes. Mm. You actually have to think about it on air and what you feel in the midst of it. But anyway, your raw thought minute starts now. <laughs> well, uh, I try to choose wisely when I go in on a player. And uh, I came out recently in support of the Brandon Miller pick with Charlotte. I'm a little worried about that take. (laughs) The year before, I was all in on Paolo Bencaro. And for good reason, because I covered Duke firsthand. I had seen what this kid could do. And I thought it was absolutely insane that he was at one point considered number three in that class. Well, we went number one, he proved why he went number one, and the Magic are going to be a contender for years to come. So maybe I was running a little high off my own supply there and being <laughs> like, oh, I saw that one coming. Brandon Miller, I'm in. <laughs> now, I watched a lot of Brandon Miller at Alabama, and I liked what I saw. I thought he was clearly the best college basketball player. But there were some red flags with him that were not there with Paolo Bancaro. <laughs> he could not create this shot the same way, um, and obviously there's the off-court stuff. And then you have, you know, dealing with, you know, he was uh, was not charged with a crime, but was you know involved with that with the shooting there at, right, at right, Alabama, right. right? Investigated at least. So that was just the judgment to be even tangentially related to that situation is a red flag, right? I think we can acknowledge that. Then you've got you know just the stuff he was saying before the draft with Michael Jordan and who his goat was uh, and Paul George, and the summer league has not looked great. Uh, more fouls than points in yesterday's game. And I like to see, if you're the number two pick in the draft, you should be able to exert some sort of physical dominance. And we're not seeing that so far. So I'm worried, is what I'm saying. It's just the summer league. (laughs) But I was invested in the take. I came out. I had a take. I was like, this will be Michael Jordan at the last dance. This will be his last laugh. (laughs) Great line. Might not be a good take. (laughs) My raw thoughts. It was going to start with... um... Honestly, it was going to start with something that you said earlier with Hubert Davis and he's not getting the same recruits. And John Shy has just walked in and still picking up recruits just like Coach K is there. Some actually say raw thoughts. Coach K is still in the building. That's why it's helping. But who knows? Maybe behind the scenes, I don't know because I don't see it and I'm not around Duke every day. But he's going to definitely have to have a better season because the first year he gave some spoiled appetites. Mm-hmm. Now he has to be like, hey, look, we were supposed to be predicted to be in that championship. And they had a not-so-good season last year. So, whatever he has, recruitment has to pick up. Something has to pick up. I'm 
Maybe they hoping Michael Jordan is ain't the only one to spend some time to chop his <laughs> and bring some people there. More people there since he's going to be kind of available and free a little bit, but we'll see. But my take right here is something that's been interesting and intriguing to me. And I ain't gonna, I'm not going to name all the names, but we know the story. Raw thoughts here, people. Raw thoughts. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how these NFL players think that they're going to gamble and not get caught. I don't know how they do it. I don't know why they think they get caught. And shout out to my guy Danny Thompson on the last episode from Substack. Amazing guy who does a lot of research. He's a stickler for stats. He can pinpoint anything, writes out blogs, check him out, follow him. He was coming on the point, and I was talking about, like, man, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they can get caught. I don't know if they really need to gamble or what. But I'm just not going to jeopardize my career for gambling. Then on top of that, you don't know if they're betting on the team or betting against the team. It's right. a slippery slope when it comes to gambling and you're gambling in the spence. And on top of that, you're gambling at your own sport. Not just NBA, fighting, boxing, whatever. You're, you're gambling on your own sport. Like, that's the most dangerous, craziest thing. And for them to think that they're not going to get caught is absolutely outrageous. I don't know what you're doing or whatever you're doing, but whatever it is, leave it alone. I mean, leave it alone. Because now you're not just jeopardizing yourself. You have an opportunity of a lifetime to be in a situation where a lot of people in the world can't be in. You have a chance to change your family's trajectory of what they're doing, trajectory, trajectory of what they're doing, and where you could be. And you decide to do it by gambling. And on top of that, you're gambling and getting caught. You ain't getting it and getting somebody else to do it for you. You're still getting caught. So at the end of the day, some things just need to be left alone, and if that's in the policy, that's in the contracts or the NFL agreements, let it go. Unless you feel like you're just going to make more money as a gambler compared to playing your particular sport. Those are my raw thoughts. I don't know if you got any remarks on that. <laughs> I saw someone, I don't know if it was one of the guys that got in trouble for it or it was just an opinion from an NFL player, but he said, I can gamble my life playing this sport, but I can't bet on a game on my own team to win. Cool tweet. Not how it works, dude. <laughs> There's some things in life we just cannot do, especially in our careers. Like, there are rights we have as people, as humans, and then there are rights we have as employees. And they're two different things. Right. And there's a lot of things I can't do as an employee that I could do as a free person. You know, people like to always say, like, like free speech. But also, like, you also can't, you know, yell fire in the, in, in the movie theater. You know what I mean? Like, everything has a limit. And they're not saying you can't play poker. Not saying you can't play craps. Not saying you can't go bet on the NHL. You, it's insider trading. You can't bet on your own sport, even if it is overblown. And you're like you said, you're betting on your own team. What's really the harm? It's just an integrity of the game issue. It's a serious topic right now. Right, right. So right. it's 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 one of those things. Just don't do it. Like you said, don't do it. Because when you gamble, you're gonna lose. I gamble all the time. I lose. It's fun. <laughs> You know, but you, you know, you're an NFL player. Get a different, play a video game. Get a different hobby. Go surfing. <laughs> hey, that's wrong thoughts. You heard that from Pat Welter right here. WRL covers all ACC sports for us in North Carolina. So with that being said, you got anything else you want to say before we hit the, hit the road or wrong thoughts is out? I'm good, man. Well, I, like I should promote, you know, Shaheen Battle. He's got a camp coming up. NC State cornerback, uh, gonna be a four-year starter, leader on the team. Just out working out with him, getting some footage, promoting his camp. Um, he's got a great message, you know, out of 252. 
you know, he wants to show kids, you know, you can really make make something of yourself if you stay on the right path and work hard. So he's got a great message. He's really clearly put a lot of thought into it. So they got a camp coming up, uh, Rocky Mount Sports Complex, on uh, July 15th. So I got a feature coming out about Shaheem this weekend on WRAL. Uh, I kind of tell his story a little bit, how he's come up through Rocky Mount and, and uh, had his career grow at NC State. So I was thankful to, to be a part of that today with him and, Looking forward to a good season with NC State. He had some good things to say about Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback. Said he's uh, ingratiating himself to his teammates, looking good. But he also did point out that he got his first career sack and interception on Brennan Armstrong oh, when he was wow. at Virginia. <laughs> so you never know. Things come full circle. So, Oh, man. Shout out to Shaheen Battle. Shaheen Battle is an amazing kid, man. Amazing kid. He's been around here for Rocky Mount area for a while. So, you know, you know, for 252, though, I'm originally, you know, I'm from Tarboro, but at the same time, I support all 252. No matter what's going on, I'm always going to be there, if I could be there, if available, if that makes sense. With that being said, Raw Mind Sports, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my website, rawmindsports.com, rawmindsports.com. If you're a guy who's interested in anything, feel free to reach out to me. Lisa remarks on all podcast players as well, and also into my rawmindsports.com website. Let me know what you feel. If any things, any suggestions, feel free. Raw Thoughts is always open to Raw Thoughts. With that being said, Raw Thoughts is out.